welcome to Wrestling Chat with Friends. I highly anticipate a large dose of cowboy shit when they're in Virginia. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is your favorite time of the week. Wrestling Chat with Friends. Y'all are like, yeah. thank you, Elliot, yeah. for backing me up there. Y'all are supposed no. to make fun DJ noises. As always, I am Megan Rickman Blackwood, your favorite heel in heels, the queen of quarantine. Um, and I am happy to be joined this week by some of my favorite regulars. First, as always, cheats two belts. In the building. Excited. In the Megan, building. welcome back. We missed you. you. Congratulations. We know that you uh you hosted some youth spoken word champions. Congratulations. Let's go open high. Uh, RPS had their first uh, district-wide poetry slam competition, and my lovely babies from open high that I got to coach for a few months uh, took the whole thing. They are the first annual champions uh, uh, for that competition, so it was really cool. Thank you for shouting that out. Um, we are also joined by Elliot the Collector. What's up, Elliot? How you doing this week? Hey, yo, I'm here, I'm present, I'm accounted for, and I'm accountable. My collector's choice this week, I'm debuting it right here. Probably the mm. first piece of physical merchandise from our show, the <gasps> flyers that have been printed out, which will be distributed somewhere sometime in the next 10 minutes to 96 hours <laughs> in some undisclosed location. Anyway, real excited to do it. Can't wait, can't wait for the show. Let's get it on. I'm super excited. I also feel like there might be a good opportunity this weekend to hand out a few of those flyers. Hmm. Hmm. We're going to go and do that on some day this weekend. Hmm. This weekend, out of place, maybe. And we have, we finally have a gimmick, and I'm really excited, Tom, because you know I keep trying to give you a gimmick, and you finally came up with one of your own, and I couldn't be more proud. Um, so I introduced to you for the first time the ultimate worrier, not warrior, worrier, as in worried about things in an ultimate fashion. <laughs> How you doing this week? I'm doing great. If you were to evaluate your pride level mm -hmm. for me for this name. And your students for winning the poetry <laughs> slam. Where, like, what's the relative scale there? Oh, uh, there is no relativity. It's oh, just, okay. you know, it's it's just a general pride. I feel good. But I mean, it was creative. It makes it all. And worth it, it could pass for a poem in some venues. So we'll Very go with it. Poem. Excellent. I feel great. Glad to be here. Honored as always. We are happy to have you all. And as always, we have to start with the way we always start. It is which uh, what we are popping for this week. And there's been a lot of fun wrestling. So um, let's go cheats. Start with start us off. Who are you popping for? What are you popping for? Was there a particular match that got you going? I've got two quick ones. Okay. The first one is non-wrestling, but exciting none the same. Okay. If you've been paying attention to what's been happening on social media, mm -hmm. apparently the handlers of John Cena woke up and followed 500, 600 plus social media accounts dealing with wrestling specifically. I am honored to announce we made the cut. 
John Cena is following WCWF pod on Twitter as he is now following. It had to be a thousand plus, but still we're in the mix and I'm popping for the fact that John Cena follows our little podcast and it's very exciting. So that's the first one that's out of the ring. Secondly, I got these specifically from my homie Cam. If you'll see right here, it's a Jeff Hardy Ooh. and a Darby Ooh. Allen. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And I am popping for their main event match on Dynamite that I thought was well done, really well done. Didn't know who was going to win. Very rare do I go into a, a match not knowing the outcome. And I felt they put on a really good show. I liked the ending. I liked Jeff Hardy going over and having to face Adam Cole. More importantly, I think Darby showed why he's Darby Allen, why he's meaningful to AEW. Really, really good. Best case scenario for those two going in the ring. I was excited to see it. That's what I'm popping for this week. I'm right there with you. That was an absolutely amazing match. Um, I think we saw... I don't know if we saw the torch be passed, right? Because he didn't win. But um, I think that even in like the promo and the buildup that they did, like Jeff acknowledged that, you know, Darby saw him as one of his, you know, mentors slash like, you know, inspirations to, to wrestle the way that he does and to see the person that encapsulated that style the best for us as young people. And then now seeing this new young generation of wrestlers seeing that obviously it's Darby Darby throws himself off everything. Um, so that match was just 10 out of 10. It was a really, really enjoyable match. And it also felt very like symbolic. Um, Cause I don't, I don't, I don't think any of us are kidding ourselves and thinking that Jeff has a, long career ahead of him. I think this is kind of the final lap with Matt um, and closing it out as the Hardy boys. So uh, that was really, uh, I was, I was a little touched. <laughs> like there were some moments where I was like, mm. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm right there with you on that one. Tom, what about you? What is your favorite match of the week so far? What got you really excited? The, the, I mean, the Darby Allen, Jeff Hardy match, all, everything you all just said, I agree with completely. I think the thing that I really liked this week, and I always feel like I may be the biggest of of this group, the current WWE fan, perhaps on in in this group, which is interesting because I'm kind of I, I, I watch it, I watch, I watch it, it. Yeah. I watch it, yeah. I watch the um, product, like I almost know. almost by default. I'm the I'm the biggest WWE fan because I feel like there's maybe uh, more AEW love here. But one thing I really like that they're doing is I really liked what they're doing with Rhea Ripley and what they're doing with uh, the judgment day. The one thing I don't like is that they, I'm sure for stupid intellectual property reasons, they're, they're calling the group the judgment day because they probably already owned the mark on judgment day for the, the pay-per-view. And so they wanted a separate mark. So they're saying the judgment day. And that just, uh, it just from a marketing standpoint, just irritates me. But other than that, creatively, I, I really, really like what they're doing with that group. And I think that it is the Best example, when wrestling is at its best, it is when it takes something that is reality-based and does something creative with it. And I think that the whole approach that, you know, Edge in character is saying, here are two people who were sort of languishing, have a ton of potential, but they weren't, you know, they were treading water, and now we're going to take them in a new direction. I think it's going to be really good for 
uh, everybody involved in that group. And I, and I like a really like what they're doing with it. I, I second, right. third, concur. I watch it and I love what they're doing. I love Damian Priest involved to begin with. I love Rhea Ripley's involvement. Yeah. I thought it puts it over the top. More importantly, very much like they found a really, really solid character with Roman and the Tribal Chief, this character is Edge. This dark, sinister, could be a vampire, could be a cult leader. This is what Edge does best. And he found it. He's got a stable. They can grow it. It is perfect for what Edge is right now. It's a, it's a home run. It's a home run. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. Is it like you know? I don't watch. Is it Brood 2.0? It's, it's that. It's much that, better. It's much better. It yeah, it's more subtle. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's Ed, not Edge is a leader. Edge as a leader is so much more impactful and significant than when you had Gangrel as a leader. He was a he was a placeholder almost, and you you saw those two guys uh, come realizing those were the two stars. But imagine if a brain like Edge had originally mm-hmm. taken control of the Brood. That's what it almost feels like. It's a really great. I concur with everything those guys said. I'll watch the YouTube clip, I guess. It's it's really good. And to Elliot's point, I don't think a young Edge could do this. I mm-hmm. think it has to be the Edge that's been through everything he's been through in WWE and now has fallen into this place where it's it's just so spot on. It's so believable. He's much better evil. He's much better playing mind games with his opponents. And Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley are the perfect two people to be joining this. And they probably could add one or two more. Honestly. I think they will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They will. There's a lot of rumors about who they'd add. Tommaso Ciampa would be a terrific Ciampa addition. Ciampa's a good place for this. Yeah. Why not? I'll check out the YouTube link, I guess. So just because, like, I'm a big, like, I was an Attitude Era chick. So, like, I'm still, like, I want to see Edge win. I want to see, like, you know, the people we loved back then do well, um, especially if they're wrapping up their careers. It's it's interesting to see how they choose to do that. So, I'll give it a view, I guess. Um, Elliot, what got you going this week? Well, Cheats has uh, spoke about it once already about John Cena following our show. That's his... Because it gets, I think we all sort of felt like, okay, what do we, what do we all feel about that? It was terrific. It was the reason I popped out of my chair this week that was wrestling related. The other I one, thought, oh, I, we thought it was a prank at first, and then it, it turned. <laughs> it, we did. I thought it was like, there's no way this is a real. It's a check verified account. There's no way this is real. I immediately, it, ra- I immediately, ration, I immediately rationalized it and said, somebody follows a thousand counts a day. It's probably some software, but it definitely is his page. But <laughs> Does that mean, you know, does that theoretically mean that if we post something on that page, if he's eating cornflakes in the morning, just scrolling of the 408,000 people that he follows, you never know. And we're we're dynamic personalities enough that it just may uh, spark his interest. Anyway, uh, in addition to that, I definitely am excited. Two days from now, the crew is heading up to D.C. We'll talk about it a little bit later in the show, but I am popped uh, this week for just the excitement over Capital Collision. There you go. Okay. I'm like, I'm really surprised that I got to keep mine this week. I definitely thought that I was going to lose it. Uh, I knew I couldn't even bet on Jeff and Darby. I knew that was out of the picture. Can I guess? Can I guess? You can guess. Guess. What's the guess? It's it's in the chat. Oh, you guys can't see the chat. 
I just oh, no, I can see it. Yeah, I can see it. I can't see it. What did, what did you just guess it's publicly? A, Don't be afraid of your guess. Guess. <laughs> no, no, no. It was the MJF dark side promo. Let me tell you, it was the whole MJF right. to finish. It was just, it's perfection. First off, Long Island is wonderland for a heel. And like, like everything from like, there's just so there's so much like the way they welcome him the way they like he they just eat out of the palm of his hand um even like that's such a the maxwell jacob freeman has such a carny family that like his mom is getting over with her like my shitty son forgot to wish me happy mother's day fine <laughs> like it's just I don't know. There is something magic about MJF in Long Island and, or on Long Island. Like Taz would have a heart attack if I said in Long Island on Long Island. Um, it's just, it's magic to watch. And it's also for me, it is, there's something about seeing that, that glimmer of like, I think he'll, he'll probably be a heel forever. It's MJF. It's in his blood. He's magnificent at it, but there's this glimmer of what MJF would be as a, as a, a face. And he would be a baby face. Like he would be the faciest face. Like I think as good as he does his heel work, he would uh, comparably do the same as a face. And I think now this is the second time we've seen them on Long Island, um, and and people they they just love him. They love him, and it was beautiful to see. Ab Go ahead, guys, uh, but absolutely hated it. <laughs> oh, interesting. I, uh, no, 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 no. I hate uh, it. For, I'm wow. staying consistent. Okay. To my 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 show content, which is as always, heels are supposed to be heels are supposed to be heels. And even if it heals in your hometown, so yeah. just the yeah. other week, Dan Lambert was in Baltimore, walks out with a Baltimore Orioles t-shirt and decides to rip everybody in Baltimore yeah. for sucking and not believing in him <laughs> and not believing it. And, and why he had to move to Florida and you people, he got so much heat from his hometown because he comes out and says, I hate you all. I hate your guts. I'm out of here. And you're right, mate. Megan's a hundred percent right. Long Island had the Burberry scarves on before he walked out. They're chanting MJF like crazy. He's he, there's something actually clear, systematically and characteristically flawed by a whole community embracing what he does. <laughs> as this is who we are. Absolutely, Here's how. Here's how. But, uh, sorry. but the lean in. With the dark side promo, I did think I I went crazy, and then it, it was uh, it was Barry Horowitz, who just the cap. Did anybody read the caption? Yeah, it's like, actually, I took a picture of it because mm -hmm. random I Jewish wrestler. <laughs> and was. and in in that part in that part I just thought was he, extremely yeah. well done. It he threw me back. Okay, oh, the yeah. last thing I'll say, Elliot, is it threw me back. I don't know if you guys remember. But when AEW first came on TV, yeah, it's great, Tom. It. It's Legend, great. Legendary <laughs> Jewish wrestling. But when AEW first came on the air, they actually did way more skits. And they Ooh, did things yeah. like that that was much more out of the box of 
what we were used to seeing in wrestling. And they would do just these kind of social media viral funny things, mostly led by Jericho at the time, mostly led mm-hmm. by his, his faction. But they were hilarious and they were different. They were great. This was that. And it was it was perfect. Good, I'm sorry. Here's how I feel about MJF. I feel way closer to Megan's opinion than I do yours, Sheets. Oh, he, no, I'm, I know I'm the minority. I know. I, he, I think he is a mega star. Here's what I feel about that crowd, to your point, Mark. I think if he's so good that if he wanted to, he could have had those guys hating him if he wanted to. He, they, he, he was dictating what was going on. They could have. They loved him. That he could make them turn on a dime. He's that good. I think I said it the other day. I think he's the biggest, the best heel in the business since those times of nuclear heel rock. You know, mm-hmm. right in that in attitude era, there may have been a point where Punk in WWE may have uh, held that title for a while when he was white hot. But I think MJF is as good as they come heel wise, and he's 26. He's got another quarter century to do this. He's mm-hmm. he's a lot of wrestlers wrapped into one, in my opinion. Maybe I'm getting sucked into the hype right now, but I think he's showing it every week. I think that there's something to be said about how ingrained like that spirit already was in the building before MJF even came out. Cause punk like, yes, he had the Islanders Jersey with the guy who like left and went to be at the Toronto hockey team. Right. Like I know I've read enough now to understand that that was part of it. That's exactly but, like his music hit and they were booing. I watched some, some like clips again from today. I watched one from the end of the show, which I want to talk about too, because it was just, it was beautiful and amazing. Um, but there were people in CM Punk t shirts giving him the thumbs down and screaming boo at him. Like, MJF is a special kind of dude. Like, he is an asshole. I, I like, he is, but. I he's just he's a special dude and like I think AEW is really blessed to have him and I know he made the joke about it last night about not wanting to talk about 2024 the end of his contract but there have been some rumors that like he's not he wants more money um Tony Khan better come out of pocket because like we got to keep MJF he is uh he's magic (laughs) like he's terrible and he's awful but he's also like He's the also, one of he, the most amazing. He's also he's also gonna game. be he's also gonna be gone. Watch. It may be. I think this, he's this I think is, he goes. This is I mean he, I, he dropped a little joke about Cody last night and you know, like he will he will continue to be the biggest one one of the bigger wrestling stars on our television no matter the, where he the, is. The, yeah. Ariel, the Ariel Hawani interview, if you haven't seen it with MJF, is much more telling than anything he'll do on, on AEW TV. But if you watch it, it it's he is very open and public about talking about the potential of him switching companies. How much Anybody? of that was in character on that interview? I mean, the, the interview is it's this really weird balance between kayfabe as a character. He's mm-hmm. actually MJF as a character talking through the interview, very much like Paul Heyman did. But the answers are very much shoot answers. Um, they are not. They are not answers. That I think Tony Khan or anybody, if MJ, the thing is, MJF has no fear of Tony Khan at this point. Mm-hmm. And if he did, he would be like the rest of the wrestlers in camp that says, I don't want to do anything to upset brass. MJF openly talks about, you know, when his contract's up, how much money he wants, and, and he would switch companies to get that. 
Well, we will see what happens. Send that, uh, post that link on this for that interview and then send it to the chat for sure because I am uh, interested in hearing that. I don't know. It would be, I mean, it would be nuclear heat from AEW fans, but I mean, again, I think like what Elliot said, anywhere he goes, even if he goes like to TV or, you know, falls in somewhere else, I think uh, MJF is a star and is going to be a star for a very long time. Um, okay, so uh, Owen Cup advances that we can talk about. Um, first off, for the women's side, uh, we have found out that Sheeta is injured and Chris Statlander will be taking her place. So Chris Statlander will be going against Red Velvet, and we have Ruby Soho going against Riho. I believe both. I know at least Riho and Ruby Soho is on Friday, um, which means it happened last night. But um, we'll be seeing, I think, some more of these happening. Last night, we had Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter. Tony Storm went over. Um, what are your, first off, I'd like to know Joker predictions for the women's side. And then also overall predictions. Where do you think this is heading? Who do you think is going to take this whole thing? Well. I can give you the full rundown if you need please. it. Please, yes. Okay, so we had Tony Storm versus JD, Jamie Hayter. Tony Storm took that. Then we have Britt Baker against the Joker. Right. Interesting. Looking forward to seeing who that is. Then we have Riho versus Ruby Soho, which is happening on Dynamite. And Red Velvet versus an, initially Hikaru Shida, but now she's going to be going against Chris Statlander. I would have predicted that we were facing a Riho versus Shida. Would that, would that have been a semi? If that had yeah, happened? that would have been a semi. They're on the same, uh, okay. they're on the same side of the bracket. I, I think that's where that was headed. I think mm -hmm. that I think that becomes Riho versus Statlander. Um, mm -hmm. I, that's my guess. I like Chris Statlander. I think she's a very good talent. Um, and then on the other side, I haven't given too much thought on who that Joker could be. Is I mean, we're not going to see a Mickey James again. So, and mm -hmm. too or too early again for Deanna Perazzo or no? I mean, so. My two biggest ones are Mia Yam and uh, Athena. I think those are the two okay. biggest, hottest okay. women ones, unless they're picking someone from within the company, which I don't know who so would that well. Mia Yam has recently signed with TNA, and mm. Athena would be the right one. If, they're, if TK has made another acquisition, that's who it would be. Mm -hmm. If it's somebody that maybe just they have, that's, it could be. Then that's if you go outside the company. Right. So. I, I was thinking Athena, Amber Moon, if you go outside the company, as far as the Joker. I also think inside the company, I think it's really intriguing if you throw, if you try to make, I think they were trying to make Nyla Rose a, a face at one point recently. Uh, and I'd be interested to see if you throw Jade Cargill as the Joker, do you just have her wipe out? Do you have her wipe out? Because think, Thunder Rose is the champ. She's out of the tournament. So you do you do you put a Brett Baker Jade Cardell final Cargill final on the pay per view and see what happens there? Well, Britt's going against the Joker. Yeah, that'd be a first round so, match. Oh, okay. okay. So that would, yeah, I don't know. I don't think you do that in the first round. Britt Britt did get so. pinned clean in the ring this past Wednesday, so there may be a little shine off her. So it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Plus, she's also one of their top stars and can afford there's, to maybe. There's yeah. a chance too that she's actually not that happy right now and so there's some things 
not I don't I don't buy the whole this is why I was off TV type thing. But there's there's some stuff going on with her character and her actual frequent frequency of use where it could be just personal she wants time off or it could mm-hmm. be something's going on there. We're not sure. Well, we will see. I am I'm really looking forward to I think honestly looking at it the way it is now, um, because Tony's because Tony Storm is the most recent big name get, I guess. Um, I would be looking maybe at like I don't know, I might say Ruby Soho versus Tony Storm, unless the Joker is somebody that they're bringing in and looking to give a big push to almost immediately. That would be um, Tony Storm, unfortunately. They can't they shouldn't just jump to the next person. They literally just started with Tony Storm. So Yeah. You know. But I mean Ruby's been there and been in line and and I, I know like- you guys don't all don't watch them as much. Uh Elliot and I do some, but the um, I watch pretty religiously, but on like dark and dark elevation, one thing that I think that it is important to watch that for is like the ranking padding that happens there. Oh, yeah. um, when you see someone starting to show up a lot, a lot, a lot, like it's to get their wins up so that they in the ranking system that doesn't make all the sense in the world. I'll give you guys that. Um, but in the ranking system at AEW, like wins on dark and dark elevation count. And so when they're historically, when they've been getting ready to push somebody, even like somebody like Adam Cole, like he was on dark elevation every week wrestling and getting his numbers up so that it was justification for him to go after the title. Um, So I don't know, maybe Ruby. We'll see. The Joker, I I think is the big, I love it for it to be Ruby. I love it for it to be Ruby. I, I believe in Ruby. I've always believed in Ruby. I think just the way it's set up, she's not going to go over this time. Before the tournament started, I would have said I would have picked Ruby Soho as the, as the favorite to win. <clears throat> but I also think there's a scenario where potentially she loses in the finals and turns heel. Mm. But I do I do think she'll make the finals. I think the the question obviously is going to be, you know, who the Joker is. I agree, Athena is the most likely. Um, but to Elliot's point, the thing that I worry about we, we've talked about this, but the thing with EW is. You, you sign a new toy, you bring them in, it's a big deal for a couple of weeks, and then you're on to the next person that you add, and it's like, okay, so where do all these people figure in the in the pecking order? Like, you you got to, like, chill out for a while. Just see what you've got and, and build some people, you know, on TV, and then later, you know, sprinkle them in, which, which of course, we'll talk about the men's term in, in a minute, because I think I, I have a pretty good feeling about who that Joker's going to be, and then it's like, okay, so what are you going to do there? Mm. Last, well, last, always... last question on a wild card for the Joker. Yes. Do we know is CJ Perry back? Where's the health on Miro's wife, formerly known as? I'm Lana. not sure, but I have seen people on the internet being like, "It's gonna be Miro and Lana coming in." <laughs> if it, if, it, if it's DJ, that makes that could be a Joker that could easily lose to Brett Baker, well, but also get a cheap pop, right? Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. I thought about her, but then I'm like, why would you debut her in a match that she should get squashed in? They do I mean, that all the time. AEW does that all the time. They debut well, a ton of folks that get squashed in their first match. That would also be an interesting dynamic if Miro and Lana were the jo- the two Jokers. Oh, that's I could, interesting. I could see it. I could see it working. You'd have to give them a big immediate push, which would have however long that means in AEW these days. But that they'd have to come up strong in that tournament to make it effective, or or they get screwed and they become. 
viciously angry, but that would be interesting if you're planning on bringing her in. Um, but I think you ought to focus on Ruby Soho and, and Tony Storm and the real wealth of talent you're building up. You know, Ruby, you don't, Ruby you don't, says, you just don't Ruby says it's already an afterthought. So yeah, already I mean, Ruby Soho, you, and let's when, face it, Tony Storm's not that good. I don't think Tony Storm's. I don't think Tony Storm's. Have that conversation. Y'all hurt her up so good. much. I, I, I was waiting know. to see her do amazing things, and since she's been in AW, none of her matches have been super she's clean. Not, did you see the finish of the Hater match? Like, she's not that good. Yeah, her matches so far haven't been haven't been great. I think the bigger question is for Tony Storm is is she is she over? Which I don't. No. That's what I'm saying. No. I, everybody in that had a particularly good pop last night. Everybody in Long Island would have been just fine if Hater went over and had to fight Brett yeah. Baker in round two. Everybody would have been fine with that. Yeah. And story-wise, to me, that makes more sense. Like That's what I thought was going to happen, honestly. Um. Okay, I'm going to give one last batshit crazy prediction for the Joker, and then we're going to move on to the men's bracket. But um, Julia Hart hmm. and this turn of Julia Hart, right? Like, we have been – we are – we're just edging on it. We're so close yes. every time. And um, the the black is spreading significantly. First it was like, oh, there's a little shadow. And then now like it's above and below. Um, I think if we're looking to homegrown star to come in and turn heel and just be a nasty, you know, uh, person to go up against Riho because that's like that's who everybody's calling from the other bracket, like Riho or, or Ruby Soho. Um, here's the thing. I'm interested. I am interested too. But here's the thing. She was, wasn't she a first round loser in this tournament? Oh, you're right. right. She did. And more she lost to, I can't remember, but yeah, she did lose. She lost a qualifying match. And more importantly, can I say Um, something more importantly? She, she missed her moment. Did anybody I thought that think was, she missed I thought her that was the worst week? segment on that show. They should have. They should have done the payoff. They, they should have just better hit, hit hit the varsity blondes with the chair. Turn heel. Everybody wanted it. They were going crazy for it, and she missed her moment. She's gonna do it. And we then, all know then, that. But they missed her moment. They came back from break, and she was like still on the ring. Still, steps. still in the it ring. Was, it was what like, what happening? are they doing? Like, what's going on here? I had, this, I had this immediate creative writing session with my own, with myself when I saw this, and I said, when those lights went out right before House of Black appeared, they were off for an extended period of time. Actually, like, I feel like a few extra beats. I really thought because she was in the ring in her varsity gear, she was gonna take it when, off when the lights when the, the lights movie. came back on, she was gonna be in all black, and they're gonna be in the ring, and that would have been the turn. That's what yeah. I was hoping, but they really should have paid it off. So yes, I think she's missed her window with this. They're going to probably try something, maybe again. But do what, do you, what do you do now? Inevitable. But when 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 they gave her the chair and everybody was going nuts and they were just like, "Do it," because they knew it was coming, and it was like, "Come on!" And I did like when Al, uh, Malachi Black gets mad and just like takes the chair from her. It's like just like you, you know, come on. <laughs> But I don't know. I think they missed it. I think they missed it. I don't know. Again, long-term storytelling. Uh, yes, that was the expected moment. But Tony Khan, sometimes, sometimes he's very like, I'm listening to the fans and we're doing what you want me to do. And sometimes Tony Khan, like, will 
miss a natural door and then come in through the window and everybody's like, oh my God, that was so amazing. So I'm, I'm still waiting. I still have hope for young Julia Hart, especially now that she does the thing where she's like spells her name and then does the rack, like, like I'm going to cut your neck. Like, and she's just, she's becoming more badass. Her facial expressions in the ring are really upping and her in ring work is at a place that if you'd have told me a year ago, She'd have been that good. I wouldn't have believed you. She's so young. I mean, she's like 20, 20 years old, not under 21. I feel 21. like the jerk of this group now because I also think that she's not a very good wrestler. She's. I mean, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of good talent in AEW. She is she, getting better. I, each, she's got. Each, I, I, not, I agree not each with, match, but each quarter, Megan. she's getting better. She's, I agree with I mean, Megan from where she was a year ago to yeah. where she is now. She is a better wrestler. Compare that to uh, another newcomer, and we always give Jade sh a lot of crap about where she is in the ring. It, compared to Julia Hart, Jade is a Ferrari, like Mercedes. Well, F1, like I, I'm talking about in regards to a 12 month yeah. progression. Yeah, you're saying who's a better 12 month? Who's 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 went the furthest in a year? Not I'm not even talking about storyline, just in ring work. I don't think Julia's got a ways to go. I think. Yeah, well, I mean, I cut I mean, her. I cut her slack because she's twenty years old. I mean, I, the, the different one of the big differences between and and this is depending on how you look at it. I, I don't. I don't know if it's a positive or negative. But one of the big differences between AEW and WWE is, for the most part, WWE is hyper focused on the performance center development, 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 and so by the time somebody gets on like god i mean nxt even but the, especially the main roster like with a with a couple of limited exceptions these people have years of, of they are seasoned pros even if they might be 25 years old when they get on raw like they, they've been wrestling for years or in the performance center for years or whatever aw there's opportunities for people who are less experienced like jay like julia hart to get on TV. And I think there's an upside and a downside to that. And I think that, you know, what you all are talking about now shows both of those, I think. I don't know. I watch, like, every time I tune into WWE, I'm like, it's a botch fest. But maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm biased. I will say I'll this. own that. Julia Hart's a graduate of the Nightmare Academy, like the mm -hmm. school. And it's on YouTube. You can watch their graduation matches. It's it's awful. It's it's tough. It's tough to watch. It's a tough take. Everybody right. has to start somewhere, Chief. Men's division. Men's division. I'm sorry. We're, we're men's going. division. Okay, so I'm gonna run down the whole list, and then we're gonna talk about the results we got last night, and then I want to discuss Joker and who we think is gonna take the whole thing. So on one side, we have Ray Phoenix versus Kyle O'Reilly, who has grown on me so much. I just, I, I did not love him, but I, I think he's wonderful now. Um, we have Samoa Joe versus the Joker. Then on the other side, we have Jeff Hardy versus Darby Allen, which we saw last night. And uh, Darby Allen will be progressing. And yep. then we had yeah, Jeff, Hardy will be progressing. Jeff Hardy will be progressing. Jeff Hardy's going to be. Why did I say Dar? I just in my spirit was like a Darby was going to win. I still in there. No. Um, and then was, Adam Cole versus, versus Dax Hardwood, which we saw Adam Cole go over last night. So we know at least in that semi we have Jeff versus Adam. 
Um, on the other side, we've got Samoa Joe versus the Joker. And last night, um, on one of the, the pieces that we saw, um, Samoa Joe uh, addressed the fact that people thought maybe it was going to be Jay Lethal or maybe it was going to be the tall guy that hangs out with Sanjay Dot, whose name I still have not committed to memory. Santam Singh. Um, Santam Singh. Um, and he said it wasn't either one of those. So um, thoughts on who our Joker might be. Now, one thing that, Elliot, correct correct me on this because I, I like the conceptually the uh, the idea that Miro and CJ Perry like come out together as the, as the Jokers on the same. But those those two matches with the Jokers, those are on the same show. Correct? Is that right? I think that's what they said last mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be next so Wednesday, so that, Wednesday. that that I think you know lends at least some plausibility to that. But to to me, I think it's Cesaro. I oh, see. I Claudio mm-hmm. just changed his name on Twitter and seems to be mm-hmm. reactive, uh, which is always a sign that that something. Well, not always, but traditionally is a sign that something's coming from somebody. He also uh, patented or got the copyright on the name CSRO. Um, so we will see what what comes of that. I do. I would love to see Cesaro, but honestly, I'd love to see Miro back. I, I can't lie. Like Miro is amazing and to see him uh come back come back into the tournament and maybe hopefully get a strong finish um i'd be really happy about that yeah now that i've had y'all's opinions on it i'm reflecting i believe yeah it makes sense that cisro cesaro whatever his name is going to be claudio cisro is going to come back and that's another toy he's acquired it's a great toy i love that toy i wish that toy had jumped ship a year ago and done this so now you have a lot of guys who have worked together for a long time. There's now this sort of WWE base, but I don't begrudge I don't begrudge any thought about these these AEW signing WWE wrestlers. WWE is the only thing in town for 20 years. Where are they supposed yeah. to where are they supposed to be come from? So when you when you're signing the best talent, they all just were in the one place where there was. That just sort mm-hmm. of is that. So I like the prospect of it. Now that I've since I sort of like brought it up now, I kind of want Miro and, and CJ <laughs> for it to be, but um, either way, it's someone else they're going to slot into the mix and hopefully they won't forget about Swerve and they won't forget about Dante and they won't forget about Lance Archer and they won't forget about Eddie Kingston. They won't forget about, then you go on and on and on. So, so well, that's the same argument as Julia though, right? Cause Swerve and Dante did not get a spot in this. They were yeah. in the earlier yeah, lots, lots so, of people to have to fit in somewhere. So you're saying it's not going to be Leo Rush? <laughs> Will you say Leo Rush's chances? Retire, retire is. Yeah, as you say, Leo Rush's chances are are, are lower at this point. Slim to none. I'm I'm voting Nero. She's uh, who you got. Yeah, I'm going to get Cesaro, and I and I okay. and I do think that it, it would be cool if it was uh, Wyndham, but oh mm, my god, I would yeah. love that. Yeah, but I sure. I, I think. I think all the signs point to uh, Claudio Cesaro. He's he's active back on social. He's saying he's back. He's very excited about it, and I, I think it's just a matter of time. So does he I get, think it's him. Does he, he go over I, on Joe? I think he goes over, but I think he goes over because of Jay Lethal. Like yeah. Jay Lethal and those guys. Yeah. So Samoa Joe's already champion. Jay Lethal and those guys come out, ruin the match. I mean, they've mm-hmm. got to figure out some of these finishes. The the. Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs, Swerve, 
coming out like the the starts Jungle Boy match ending. I didn't love because mm-hmm. I knew there was going to be some shenanigans, but I do think there'll be shenanigans with the um, with the Samoa Joe match that leads to what we all know is going to happen: Jay Lethal Samoa Joe Ring of Honor Championship type faction. That's good. That's going to happen for sure. Okay, I'm going to jump in really quick. This has nothing to do about what we're talking about. We still have to talk about actually a WWE thing, which I can cut from the program happily. No, um, we- but uh, you mentioned you did not like the Swerve, Jungle Boy, Ricky Stark interference. Dusty I don't, like the, I don't like the ending. I don't yeah, like the ending. I, I thought the match was fine. Here's the thing. I believe, again... Tony Khan is a man of a long story. He ain't going to just give it to you real quick, but he is going to spoon feed it to you. So Swerve came out and interfered, hoping to help Jungle Boy, but instead cost Jungle Boy the match. At the end, I don't know if you noticed, but at the end end, there was a very clear stare down between Swerve and Keith Lee and Ricky and uh, Will Hobbs and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. There was even a moment where it looked like Lucha was going to like swing on Swerve or do like a tail kick on him, right? Um, so I think what this is setting up is some sort of like trifecta tag team championship run. And I think Swerve and Keith Lee or Ricky and uh, Hobbs are going to get it. And then that sets up their feud. But now yeah. you have a reason for like the three of them to kind of have beef. Ricky and Ricky and Hobbs already have beef with everybody. But now Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus have reason to include Keith Lee and Swerve into this beef. Um, no, so a, you're, you're, exactly, you're exactly right. The, the one thing that would have made that whole situation better is if Jungle Boy had just went off on Christian Cage at the end. That's what I thought was going to happen. When, but Christian, he got when, a Jungle, when Jungle Boy stayed in the ring for super long and then Cage walks up, I was going to wait for Christian Cage to be like, you're a loser, you never win, let me like blah, blah, blah. He gave but, him the gentle dad hug. Yeah, yeah. But no, but to your point, and again, we don't want to belabor this, the Starks-Jungle Boy match, the ending is troubling. Was it the Swerve and Starks match that Taz comes down? It's it's getting it's getting a little ridiculous. We've got to figure out how to get a Ricky Starks match that ends uh, a Team Taz match that ends cleanly. And I don't think we've had one since the Jay Lethal match. It was an amazing match, well, but it's been several weeks now of Team Taz not being able to finish matches in a way that with this kind of with with these with this sort of storyline sheets, this makes me think about what I wanted to say a segment ago what Megan said about, she said, you know, TK, TK, is it just TK who is sitting here deciding all this? Who is I have talking, no faith who, in TK. Who, is, who, who's actually writing this? Right. Is TK like uh. Vince where he's getting these, getting some sort, he has less, he does not have the same size. I no. hope not. Uh, but but soccer teams. Who, who are the, who are the minds that are actually making the decisions not to do these sort of things that, Seemingly the most logical. We put, we're putting it. We're, we're giving it a label of TK. Is it? Is it Jerry Lynn? Is yeah, it's it? A-W is it? Is it, is it Dean Malenko? Is it that? Is there a team that includes Arn Anderson still? You know, is it being run by that team, or is it the Bucks? And is it Kenny emailing something in? And, and Cody was trying to bring some more thought to it and the, it, it got clicky in a way like not clicky in the old sense but clicky in the uh 
way of like, no, TK is our boy. We got it. Kenny and the Bucks. Like I, I'm suspect of the Bucks because I'm not a huge Bucks fan. And if they're EVPs, they have a lot of decision power. I'm really now that it, now that AEW is legit, couple years old on TV, it's a semi-worthy competitor to look at. To the only product we've had. Mm-hmm. Now I'm curious. Like okay, I'm taking it seriously. Who's really making some of these decisions? to put this product on television. So who can we hold directly? Who can we really think about holding accountable to and praising when they get it right? Well, I think like something that I've loved seeing, and this is since the the onset of AEW, is that the wrestlers themselves, at least certain ones within the the industry or within the company, have a lot of say so on their own direction. And there's a lot of trust that, you know, this is gonna be there's gonna be a payoff. This is gonna work. Um, I read recently uh, the Regal, Brian Danielson, John Mox thing. Like that was that was Danielson and Mox that came up with it. John Moxley named it Blackpool Combat Club. Like if those are the answers these- for some of these things, great. That is the way it should be going. I just hope that there come a day where, for a time constraint or because TK has some just random idea about something, he doesn't let something that should definitely happen go. And when those little incidents happen, they build up, and you know. It's never going to be perfect, but that's. I want AEW to really succeed. I want there to be another like Wednesday Night War, you know, like there used to be. So I just hope we, we have a lot of concerns about TK for a lot of reasons. I just want them, I want there to be smart people in the room, as always, because I like the product. Well, speaking of uh, problematic executive directors and producers of shows, let's talk about WWE. Um, so, uh, again, I, I love individuals at the company. The company as a whole is terrible and the worst, but, uh, Roman Reigns, somebody that I like and think is great, uh, was, was in the original faction with my, my favorite wrestler, John Moxley, the shield. Um, Roman has apparently has a new contract. He's renegotiated. Um, this week there was a house show um, where he said he was starting a new phase of his life and that he wouldn't be here as much. Uh, initially, people were thinking that maybe he's retiring, maybe he's stepping back. Um, but what came out later in the week is that he has a new contract. It includes significantly less dates as far as the house show uh, commitments and things of that nature. So people are saying that the goodbye at the house show was kind of because he specifically said, like, you're not going to be seeing me here as much. Um, so people say that I was specifically saying goodbye to the house show crowd. Um, so less dates. And then he is also starting a 10 week hiatus where he will be on a 10 week vacation. Now, if I'm not mistaken, he's like all the champions right now. Like, doesn't he have like all the belts at the moment? Yes. Yeah, the, 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 the bloodline. Bloodline is... So what what does that do for those storylines? What do we think this will do for ratings? Because um, Roman has... You know I'm a nerd, and I like looking at the dude Brandon Thurston's uh, tweets of the different... Like, he breaks it down by segment on, like, uh, a viewing draw. Um, Roman is the highest draw for the company has been for a really long time. Um, what does this mean for the championships? Uh, and then what does this mean for WWE as a whole? If we're looking at Roman becoming more of a Brock Lesnar, 
the rock in his later years where it's just kind of popping in every once in a while, a few weeks before pay-per-view doing a match and then being off TV again. What, what do you guys think is coming with this? I've thought about this a lot, even before I knew we were going to talk about it tonight, because what's interesting about this is the last time that WWE was in this situation was circa 2017, 2018, when you had Brock Lesnar was the, and I forget, you know, they swapped which titles mm. the show. I think he was the universal champion at the time, which was on raw. And at the time it was like, so he was a, he was a part-timer of course, but he held a championship that one of their men's world championships. But it was not as bad because you still had the WWE title, which was at the time it was Cena and Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton, Jinder Mahal, AJ Styles. You know, so you had a group of guys who were, the point being, you could still have a main event on your pay per view that was like a major, a world title. Now you've got, but you've invested all this time and effort creative into having both titles on the same person, which I think is correct and really interesting. But if he's going to be gone for this long, I think you're exactly right. I, th I think it really raises some questions creatively about like how this is going to work. What I think they're doing is I think what, what it looks like to me anyway, and again, I'm a WWE apologist a little bit, so maybe I'm seeing things through rose colored glasses. I think they are going to uh, double down on their women's division. And I think that you're seeing that's why all of a sudden Alexa Bliss is back. Asuka, who was gone forever for no reason, is back. Um, of course, they've, you know, they, they've brought in Ronda Rousey to be sort of more of a long-term player uh, and a more frequent player. I think that's going to be the direction that they go to kind of pick up the slack. I also think that's why they have delayed the tag title unification. Um, because I think having those titles available to be high profile matches on, on major shows also is something they're going to need to do. But, uh, I still don't think, I mean, if, if they still believe in the long-term plan, I still don't see Roman dropping those titles before WrestleMania. I could be wrong. I think the plan is, I think they have sold still in that plan to keep yeah. the title on him until he faces the rock. So that means the the top level feuds are going to have to be people who are chasing that title with an increased load, perhaps on uh, Paul Heyman carrying the carrying those titles out there, which, giving, which is great. Fine. That's and, fine and by me. Also what he did for Brock in 2017, 2018, it was the same idea. It's just mm -hmm. more challenging now because he has both titles, but yes. Yeah. The, and the Usos will likely unify that tag team title and they will be, the placeholders and before you know it you know Roman will be back to set up the next he's doing just yeah, a few stadium I, shows and that's how it, i think and drew mcintyre is going to probably speed oh, that please you know. no i know Stop. It's, gonna, it's gonna happen it's gonna Stop. happen eventually he'll square move off a Co with, move cody up or something well, no, Cody, cody, cody will drew be mcintyre of it all cody will be who drew challenges uh, probably ultimately i, I will say the the first thing i thought about this news was good for Roman. That's what I thought. I thought good for Roman for him to be in a position in WWE to renegotiate, to renegotiate, which seeming, seemingly is on his terms, and to start to get the star treatment that we've seen, John Cena, The Rock, and those folks that went on to do Hollywood-type things. He's in, he's in rarefied air now. He deserves it. He's, he's carried... 
that company pro you know for i don't know how long now with the, the tribal chief writing and character it's just been a made the streak he's been phenomenal and he's been phenomenal during a time where let's just call it what it is he had he had the health setback comes back from that covid's going on i'll never forget the images of him walking through the crowd with a mask on during a during a pay-per-view to 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 do what he needs to do he's everywhere he's been espn he's been doing he does all the big stuff and i really really love what he's done with this run and the way he's handled his leadership because again wrestling's wrestling in ring work characters and all that is great Roman Reigns has an amazing heart for children. He has an amazing heart for things that he's doing with Make-A-Wish. He has a, he's just, he's a great ambassador for what they're doing and good for him that the company is allowing him to do what he needs to do based off of, I think to the, to the betterment of him and to, as you guys were saying, the detriment of creative, at least. It might not be detrimental to the company in the long term, but it's definitely detrimental to immediate creative. And they still, you know, they still, this is this is not going to get, if it, if it goes the way we think, it won't go to a point where Roman Reigns will, will be a person that's like, I never want to see WWE again type thing. So all of that said, I don't know what happens. I just don't want, I, I'm just so over Drew McIntyre. I'm so over Drew McIntyre. I'm. I, I will say last thing I'll say about this part, and he was already out of it, but there was news this week that Big E's not healing as as fast as he would like, or the ways that he wanted to to, to heal. So it's going to be even longer, much more difficult. And I just, you know, there's a part of me that that would have loved to seen him kind of fill in a lot of this void here, but, mm. but. Anybody but Drew at this point is where I am with it. Okay, I'm going to jump in and say one last thing, and then we're going to move on because we are quickly running out of time. But I think uh, Tom brought up a good point, um, and you solidified it for me further, Cheats, so I have to say it. Like, at this point, I think Vince may end up being hoisted by his own guitar. Like, he has made Roman the face of the company. When you think about WWE, as far as the men's division, like you have your guys that are like always there, always around Brock's and, and Seth's and stuff like that. But like Roman has been the guy. And I think outside of that, you have people like Sasha, um, who has really elevated to a mainstream media face of, of WWE, Becky to a, to a lesser degree, but Outside of the women's division, there isn't a male face of the company that I think can carry it the way that Roman has. And again, I think like it, it comes down to putting all your, your eggs in one basket. And, and Vince has put so much time and energy and effort and training into Roman um, and, and given him so much time and storylines on, on TV. I think you find yourself in a situation where if you don't have that face, you haven't cultivated another face that's ready to take that spot. Um, so I, I don't know what it's going to look like for them. I'm interested to see how it shakes out. And I welcome any viewers that find it hard to continue to watch WWE without your favorite 
Roman Reigns to come over to AEW, where you have multiple choices of people that you could love, including his former Shield partner, John Moxley. So, yeah, moving real, right along. No, just real quick, um, let, me just, let me just add to this real quick, Megan. I okay. I agree with you. I don't wish a lot of personal success or well wishes or happiness or health on Vince McMahon. However, what he does have, though, if you look at the last 40 years of WWE, this is kind of his MO. He has banked on this risk lots of times from Hogan to Rock to Stone Cold to Savage at one point to Michaels and Hart. He's always sort of had this. So while there are challenging times, he didn't quite have this running talent. It'll probably be okay for as much as, you know, you certainly need to care about it. And, you know, a lot of us will. Well, again, if you no longer enjoy the product, I encourage you to join us on Wednesday night on CBS. Okay, I've got to put my glasses on because this this is small text, but I'm going to take it off first. Okay, big announcement. Your favorite wrestling podcast out of Richmond, Virginia, is traveling to the nearby D.C. this Saturday to attend New Japan Pro Wrestling's Capital Collision. Lision, lision, lision. Um, We are certainly planning something um, about possibly getting together uh, immediately after the show and uh, doing a quick recap of the show. We'll definitely be talking about it next week. And uh, I know I, for one, am going to have my phone in my hand and tweeting like crazy. Lots of pictures, lots of lots of action. Um, So I'm going to run down the card and I want to know who. What match everybody's the most excited for? Because I, I look like a librarian. I'm just going to, I'm going to struggle read, but you guys are going to see me go like this. Um, so uh, which match is everybody the most excited for? Uh, some of these, some of these, I don't know some of these people. So I can't get super excited, but we'll start at the bottom of the card. Ren Narita versus Carl Fredericks. Anybody know either one of those? No, You're on mute. mute. Oh, yeah. I'm aware of Red Narita, but I have no skin in this. Like most of these matches, I'm, it's going to be for curiosity and just such sheer mm-hmm. excitement. Um, okay, so then we have Team Filthy, which is Tom Lawler, Danny Limelight, who I loved from the pandemic run with AEW. He just is a, a great spirit. Um, J.R. Kratos, Royce Isaac, and Jorel Nelson. Versus Fred Rosser. Well, who was he in WWE? Darren Young. Yeah. Darren Young. Um, David Finley. Rocky Ramiro, who I'm quickly falling in love with from Rapunky Vice. Uh, Tanga Lowe and Yuya Amora. Some names okay. to recognize. Yeah. Any faces in there you're interested for? I'm interested to see Danny Limelight again. Um, my kids actually got to meet him when we went down to Jacksonville. He was just a workhorse during the pandemic. Like Danny Limelight was out there losing every day. God bless him. Like every week Danny Limelight came out and worked his butt off. I think it's a shame they didn't keep him after that. Okay, then we've got Great Ocon versus Chase Owens. I'm not familiar with either one of those. Uh, Elliot, is there anything you can tell us about them? Kind of similar to the other one, Narita. I'm familiar with Great Ocon. That's about it. I think I've heard this other name before, but again, another one that like, I've heard a lot of these Tom Lawler, you know, these mm-hmm. names, David Finley, heard these names sort of in the wind. I've, I've gone down some YouTube rabbit holes, but for a lot of these matches, except for those like, except for that Bullet Club match and then the main event, these are all sort of going to be new for me. And, uh, you know, where I'm seeing some of these new guys I've heard of for the first he, time. 
Do you know Tom Lawler goes by Filthy Tom Lawler? Lawyer? Is that the same guy that Mox just fought? Yeah. Look that up for me real quick. Yeah, it is. Ooh, that match was bananas. If you guys haven't seen it, um, he did just a... It was filthy. He he lived up to his name. Match with uh, John Moxley in the uh, Pacific Northwest. What's their What's the wrestling promotion out there called, Elliot? It is called. Taking just one second. Mm, uh, sorry, flaming. Oh, where's, uh, it, where's it at? Where's it at? The one. It's the Pacific Northwest one. They it's just defy. 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 I can answer oh, some of these. <laughs> Yes, yes, defaulting by Elliot. I can answer some of these indie questions. I appreciate it. Ty would be very proud of you. I'm playing um, so cheats now. Have you watched the match with John Moxley and Filthy Tom Lawyer? Law Lawler? 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 Lawler. It was insane. Mm -hmm. uh, it was probably the bloodiest match I've ever seen. And I am a purveyor of John Moxley matches. So I've seen some bloody matches. Um, and he, he put up a hell of a fight. And what was funny is at the end of the match, uh, John Moxley specifically said that Filthy Tom was a friend of the Blackpool Combat Club. So we'll see uh, if if there is any whether it's him getting pushed up further through uh, New Japan Pro, uh, but I'm I'm really interested to see what crossovers we get with this new uh, partnership. Okay, so then we have Brody King versus the Murder Grandpa himself, Minoru Suzuki, which I'm super excited to see. Yeah, I don't. Are you excited for Murder Grandpa? I love Murder Grandpa. I think I he's great. I think that's going to be sort of that. That might be a, a, a match, a night stealer of a match, simply because the crowd's be really behind Suzuki and Bernie King's mm -hmm. just—he's just a dirty beast. So you know that's sort of old. That's going to be violent and it's going to be loud when those chops hit. And that's—I'm excited for those the, the crowd getting quiet for those chops. Me too. Um, next up, we have Eddie Kingston versus—I'm not even going to try to say his first name because I always murder it—but Ishii. <laughs> I have been, since I've been exploring New Japan Wrestling, uh, Ishii has been one that I just fell in love with, have gone back and watched old matches, the strong style, uh, because like people like Suzuki, and even before that, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, like there was people that I was like, this is a really cool fighting style that they do, um, and I've started watching Ishii because they have matches from time to time and the thing i loved the most was like on the last new japan pro show ishii was wrestling somebody and they were like no titles on the line no uh no credit these two just want to get in there and beat the shit out of each other and i was like yes this is my jam so uh i think eddie kingston and ishii is going to be a crazy match and uh, i think it's a big match for eddie kingston because he is a big follower of that strong strong style you know when he does his machine gun chops and stuff you see a lot of the uh new japan pro style in him especially the old old head um so i'm excited about that are you guys hyped for the eddie kingston match how are you feeling well we saw yesterday that eddie who made his return last night is ready to go he looks healthy he has a big welt on his face but it was just his first uh, appearance in a while and let us know that he's gonna be able to compete and he'll be there Saturday. And I, I'm growing to really like Eddie Kingston work. I like that sort of working man's attitude. Um, 
and he's going to get his ass kicked. But yeah, I think <laughs> it's going to be beautiful. I, I, I think I think he's honored to do it. Okay, so then we have a Bullet Club, which is Jay White and a guy whose name I can't say. Um, and then that's Verse Hikulu. He I feel so bad. I like names are important, and I am slaughtering them with my colonizer tongue, and I apologize profusely. Then we have Chaos, which is Okada and Trent Beretta. I I'm excited to see Chaos. That's yeah. for me. Seeing Okada live is probably yeah. the coolest thing. Yeah, I'm with you. I want to. I, I definitely want to see Okada. Uh, I'm excited to see what what he does live, and, and it's exciting to see. So I, I'm really bummed about that. Yes, um, and then I do think this is going to be my match of the night. Uh, I'm sure it's predictable, but the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship four-way match. We got Tanahashi versus Will Ospreay versus Juice Robinson versus my boy John Moxley. I am most excited about this match in since he's been back from from WWE. Uh, John has put on amazing matches with both Will Ospreay and Juice Robinson, so. This is just going to be crazy. I'm excited to see Osprey. Um, yeah, I've heard I've heard a lot about him, seen his matches, and, and so I'm excited to see Osprey live to see how he how he really gets down. That'll be great. Exactly, he's my favorite non major promotion wrestler. Has been for a couple of years. Him and Zack Saber Jr. Mm -hmm. So when I saw that I'm going to be able to see him, that's going to be yeah, psyched about that. Yeah, that's going to be a, a really interesting match. Excited. I also think um, we're probably going to see some more, whether it's promos, segments, people popping up. I think there is a continued build towards Forbidden Door. And this mm -hmm. is because there's so many AEW people on it. I think this is going to be a natural buy for AEW fans. So I think we may get some story building towards Forbidden Door. All right. We're already over. So we're going to go fast. Um, but uh, Elliot, what is our match to watch for the week? Because we are going to Capital Collision, we are getting our full New Japan on this week. I did a little diving as I, as like you, Megan. I'm starting to absorb more New Japan and getting to learn more about things. So uh, for those who are first learning about it like me and for those who are diehards, like I think Tom is, right? Yeah, I think he'll, I think he'll agree with me that the pick of the week I recommend is from 2016. It's from Wrestle Kingdom 10. These two guys had just classic matches but this one was sort of ranked among the highest okada who came in as a champion against tanahashi their rivalry is legendary and i think one of the consensus is this was among their their best class they went 36 minutes to the tokyo dome tokyo dome had twenty five thousand plus people like that's like final four you know quite, uh, stadiums huge um, so that one, I watched that today and yeah, like you can go to France and go to the Louvre, you can go to Egypt and see frescoes, but if you want to actually see art, just go watch Okada versus Tanahashi from Wrestle Kingdom 10. That's my pick of the week. And it preps you for two of the wrestlers we're going to see this weekend. And so they're both going to be in the building. Out. Yeah. All right. So it's that time how we close every week here at Wrestling Chat with friends. We always have to end with our heel of the week because, you know, people are terrible. So let's identify our heel of the week. Tom, I will give you the privilege of going first. 
because you are our ultimate worrier. Yeah. What are you I, worried about this week? Who's pissing I, you off? I have a very controversial. Ooh. This, unlike the warrior. <sighs> Jim Ross. Jim Ross's commentary. Look, greatest of all time, no question about his credentials, and the sure. man has been through a lot. We know that. Mm-hmm. And, and so all I say this with all due respect. His commentary, I feel like, is, as it is now, hurting the product. He says stuff that is just bizarre or just wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just like, wow, I, I, it's, it's he's starting, distracting. He's, he's starting not to fit. Yeah. 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 It's distracting. And the, and the, the, what makes it worse to me is that you have somebody of a similar vintage, a uh, similar background and Tony Schiavone who hasn't to me ha, ha, is super excited, enthusiastic, uh, you know, focused and, and really, I think adds a lot to that broadcast. Whereas Ross, it's like, man, he, he kind of alternates between saying things that sound like canned lines from commentary from a video game to saying stuff that is actually counterproductive or distracting to what's happening in the ring. So again, all due respect, I, I love his, his work, but I'm, I'm now I'm, yeah. I get it. I think also when you have uh, such dynamic and thorough uh, announcers, such as like Excalibur and even Taz, um it's hard to enjoy jr when like you have such a higher level of commentary on uh rampage and then even on like dark elevation um you know a lot of times they have ricky starks out they have you know eddie will come out and do commentary um when we're seeing such a higher level of of calling spots and explaining spots and explaining history one thing with jr is like He'll shit on an angle. Like he'll he'll be yes. like he'll yes. why is he doing that? That's stupid. Right. Like that okay. I accept it. It was a controversial take, but <laughs> maybe one that is growing in popularity. Yeah, there's All right, there's, a, there's a position called emeritus for a reason. They sh- they should be used. Uh, okay, Elliot, who is your heel of the week? Well, Tom either Tom either forgot or he just or he chose to ignore that the heels can be non wrestling, so he he may be uh, ill prepared for what's about to come. It's okay, you um, can it can be yeah. wrestling or non wrestling. I'm supportive of either. I, I I've been feeling really good the last few days, so I've I've tried my best not to feel really shitty or angry at anybody anymore than just sort of your general run of the mill mm-hmm. day. So what I'm really going to do is just sort of like softly serve it up to you, Megan, because I know you have something to say. I know it's in line with, I know it's in line with what I want to say. So I'm really just going to give the assist to you and just say a lot of the decisions that uh, the people who have been elected to lead in the last several months, no matter how you believe have let you down in one way or the other. And it's just sort of further, um, proof that we have got to get ourselves back to the garden uh one way or another um so that's very gentle just like our leaders guys you know your your heels please get together please do what your the people elected you to do and have just some scruples and try to be as as least heelish as possible as often as you can you have a very important job megan off to you um, my heel of the week is Republicans and conservatives in general. Um, I think we all, uh, were shocked and 
No matter which side of the fence you fall on, you had some very strong feelings about the Supreme Court leak of the Roe Wade decision. Um, I think there are some problematic precedents set that uh, will go after additional rights that we're not thinking of um, just because the the privacy protections are being eroded in such a way that it will allow big decisions like loving that decided interracial marriage or Griswold that allows a woman to get birth control. Um, even a lot of people are saying that uh, Ogunfall, the uh, gay rights uh decision will be overturned as well. Um, I don't know. I saw a sign at a, at a wrestling event maybe two or three weeks ago, and it said pro-science, pro-choice, pro-wrestling. Um, and that's my vibe, right? Like, um, if the people we love on these programs every week can make choices to jump off of 20 foot high ladders because it's it's what they want to do, I think we can we can trust people to make decisions about what they do with their body. So uh, in general, uh, just the entire party and some Democrats. I don't forget you, D's that aren't standing up and doing what you said you would do. Um, so uh, just a lot of disappointment in our that, leadership uh, across the board right now. That sign, by the way, that you just referenced, I think it was from a show in Texas, of all places. It was on, yeah, I think it, it was in Texas, and it was on uh, it was on an AEW show, and turns out the guy that had it is like a total shitbag, but <laughs> nonetheless, great sign. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it really, I don't know. I've always thought we've been a, I know there's like a ton of conservatives and right-wing people in wrestling, but I don't know if we can accept a guy in like face paint and 90 goth mesh jumping off of the side of a building. Like, I think we could be open to people's decisions about what they choose to do, but that's just me. So I'm going to throw it to cheats and hopefully he'll end us on something a little less like sad. Uh, much, and much less. Much less, but I, we hit on this. Megan was uh was down last week. We you, we talked about it last week on last week's episode as the heel of the week. If if you can go back and listen, um, but my heel of the week this week outside of wrestling is Charlotte FC. If you don't know who Charlotte FC is, Charlotte FC is Charlotte's football club. They okay. are the inaugural club in Major League Soccer, so they're an MLS team. They play all the big boys in the United States. There is a thing that is happening right now called the U.S. Open Cup, mm -hmm. and it is allows Major League Soccer teams to play some of the minor league soccer teams in one of those in-season soccer tournaments. Last night, I had the honor of going to our home. It's equivalent to Double A. I think it's I think it's called League One. But it's actually like the third tier league of soccer. The Richmond Kickers is our team. They play at City Stadium. They've been in Richmond. This is their 30th season. They hosted Charlotte FC last night uh, in what was the biggest home crowd for a Kickers game since I want to say maybe 2018 when they hosted another MLS team. We saw them host the LA Galaxy. Yeah, it was it, it was massive. It was for for the kickers. It was four thousand six forty six hundred fans. Four thousand six hundred fans. Charlotte FC beat us five to one. It was quite embarrassing. It was it was one zero, and then Richmond tied it up, equalized it, and it was one one. 
And before we could blink in the second half, it went from 1-1 to 4-1. And I think it finished at 5-1. And so a lot, 4,600 fans, I would say 4,600 people there. Maybe there's 150 to 200 Charlotte fans, but the majority, 4,400 fans went home pretty sad that we couldn't move on in the U.S. Open Cup. So Charlotte FC, best of luck to you in the MLS inaugural season, but you beat the bricks off of our home squad, and uh, we're, we're, we're upset about it. So you're the hill of the week. I curse you, Charlotte. You're cursed. <laughs> I uh, I support that. Uh, the Richmond Kickers are definitely a staple of Richmond, and there's nowhere better to go uh, sit on the bench and have a PBR. A little nervous that we had, like, 4,600 people in one space, though, because, you know, them COVID cases going back up. 4,600 cases, 4,600 on one side. The, the city stadium is so bad now that they can't use the far blue. They, they put, oh, they put really? ads all over them, and I thought it was, like, advertising dollars it actually turns out that that side is in in you, fans can't sit there it didn't have they got to tear it down and build a new so by the, by the way megan ca- capacity of the uh, arena for capital collision 4600 <laughs> nice well i'm gonna be like double masked up yeah. and apparently she's coming in a hazmat suit we're, so we're avoiding, we're avoiding megan at all costs <laughs> We're in the same section. Queen of Quarantine would like to end this episode now. Um, always remember to follow us. Like, Be like John Cena. Follow us on Twitter, WCWFpod. Um, additionally, you can always catch us on any of the podcast platforms. And please go to podcast, no, familypn.com. Did I get it right? The family pn.com. The family pn. I gotta fix my little video. The <laughs> family pn.com, where you can um, follow and subscribe to WCWF as well as the rest of the amazing podcast in the family podcast network. Um, thank you guys for joining us. As always, it is not over until the mat is counted out. So one, two, three. Catch you guys next week and maybe a very special episode on Saturday to recap Capital Collision. We'll probably go live. We'll probably go live. Bye.